everybody. We are excited to share the news of our launch of Teams Global, our online learning platform. We've been hearing from our clients that they would like an accessible and approachable way to continue to develop their skills. That's what Teams Global is. Teams Global brings together the pillars of Teams & Co. So it helps you learn more about delivering an exceptional customer experience, building an aligned and ambitious strategy, and most importantly, empowering your teams. Together, all of these courses will help you and your organization accelerate your growth. We look forward to welcoming you to one of our Teams Global courses and hope that you sign up for updates. Visit teamsandco.com to sign up for updates or you can follow Teams Global on social media. We have a LinkedIn group where leaders can share their best practices. We're also on Facebook and Instagram if you have any questions for us. We look forward to having you as a student soon. Welcome to Teams Global. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Hey everybody, welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co. We are back today with a Building Teams episode and talking about bridging the gap with strategic planning. Hey Mike. Tracy, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. It's uh, it's getting to be summertime, so I'm enjoying a little bit more time outdoors and uh, enjoying the sunshine. How about you? Yeah, same. Trying to get out and you know stretch the legs whenever I can. So uh, it is so nice that yeah, it's getting to be summer. Really, really excited. Do, do you have any fun summer plans coming up? Yeah, mostly. Um, my uh, pup and I, we've been uh, we've been hiking a bunch this uh, this uh, spring and summer. So uh, we're taking a little bit of a break uh, just from uh, giving her a little bit of a rest. But there's tons of great hiking uh, for anybody who's been to North Carolina. You know, there's uh, great state parks, great county parks. So we've been trying to get out and uh, you know enjoy a little bit of the outdoor air, and again, kind of you know get out after the winter time and and see the sunshine a little bit on some of these great hiking trails. Yeah. What are some of your favorites, Tracy? Oh, gosh, there's a lot here in North Carolina. I'll give you a couple from different spots in the state. Um, you know, over in the, the RTP area, uh, a fan favorite, I think, is uh, the Umstead State Park. Uh, there's mm. a lot of different types of trails. There's lots of different entrances. So you can, you know, it doesn't get too crowded, which is great. And then also over on the western side, uh, if you go to Pisgah National Forest, again, tons of great trails. Um, you know, there's lots of elevation changes. Um, you're in the mountains over there, so great scenery, great views. So those are those are a couple of my favorites here in North Carolina. How about you, Mike? Uh, what are you? Uh, what are your plans for the summertime? Yeah, um, like you, just trying to get out as much as possible. I live here in Raleigh. Yeah, I love Umstead. I love going over to Durham and uh, doing some hiking on the Eno River over there. Love you know going for runs around Shelly Lake or Lake Lynn. But I'm originally from Colorado, so I'm really, really looking forward to a backpacking trip with my dad out in Colorado in June. So that'll be really fun. We we actually have gone on a trip every year uh, since I was five, a uh, backpacking trip. So really looking forward to continuing on the tradition and hopefully going fly fishing out in Colorado and, and catching some trout. My dad and I were, were just in the planning process right now. We're thinking about our route and we're thinking about the food that we're going to carry and uh, how we're going to divvy up all the equipment. It's 
You have to be pretty strategic when you're backpacking. You don't want to carry more more than you need, but you definitely want to make sure you have enough. So uh, you could say that we are entering a strategic plan for our backpacking process. And that reminded me about our conversation today, where we're jumping into a, a conversation about how organizations can execute strategic plans um, sort of similar to backpacking trips. So wanted to, to get your thoughts, Tracy, that was a, a sort of a stretch for a transition. <laughs> I love I love the transitions. Those are uh, those are my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep them coming. So um, it's a good point, right? Yeah. Like we um, I think whenever we're doing something important to us, it's in, it's important to plan. And so strategic planning, we we covered a few weeks ago, current state analysis which is typically kind of the first step of a strategic plan. Uh, you can obviously do a current state analysis and then not jump into a strategic plan, right? Because you might figure out that, oh, okay, we don't really need to make too many major changes. But every few years, typically people uh, have their strategic planning cycle on a three to five year kind of time frame. We have noticed recently, and Mike, I know you can attest to this as well, Folks trying to kind of, you know, shorten that time frame, right? Things are changing so quickly these days yeah. that a, a five-year plan sometimes just doesn't make a lot of sense for an organization. So strategic planning is one of those things that you want to kind of have a more regular cadence of. Um, and it's really just how do we as an organization make sure that we have clear goals and a clear vision of where we want to go in the future and then how we're going to get there together as a team. So um, Mike, you know, we, yeah. we typically start off obviously on the current state analysis, but after that, after we kind of know where we are, we usually jump into kind of who we are and the why behind the organization. So we go through that first step of vision, mission, values, making sure we all understand our shared purpose, how we're delivering value to the customer. So maybe you could just chat a little bit about, tell our listeners a little bit about how we go through that process to make sure the organization has that clear purpose and, and why that's so important. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny, on the first engagement that I had with a Teams & Co. client, it was interesting. I really thought that the vision, mission, values, guiding principles was going to be really easy. Um, I studied finance and I've always looked at sort of those guiding statements as being important, but going through the whole process, I didn't realize until then how truly foundational those are. And it is way harder to develop really strong guiding statements th than I realized. So I'll, I'll put that out there just first and foremost, as somebody who, you know, at one point would have said, oh my gosh, those are sort of fluffy. How do organizations use them? They are super easy. Why, why do organizations think so hard about them? You know, they're overthinking it. And going through the process now, I don't know how many times, it is uh, a, a much more nuanced, complicated process than, than I had originally thought. And, and they really are the building blocks for a really strong strategic plan. So it's important to get right. Um, the process generally starts by looking at what statements has the organization developed already. And uh, going through and, and working in your current state analysis, you will have gained a lot of data from stakeholders, both internal and external stakeholders, to say whether or not those current guiding statements really resonate. And you're looking particularly for, for a couple things. So first of all, the vision statement is meant to be really long-term, aspirational. You still probably want to quantify it, but it, it's much larger in scale. It's something that an organization may never 
accomplish, should never accomplish, because the scale is that large. Now, let's just take a brief second and define what these guiding statements are. They're terms that many of us have heard before, and uh, they can be sort of confusing, right? What's a vision statement? What's a mission statement? I don't know. They sound sort of the same. Well, a vision statement you want to think about as being really long range and uh, very, very aspirational. So it's something that the organization should always be striving towards. So even if you make monumental progress every year, it's still an aspirational statement. So you'll see many vision statements, for instance, that talk about, you know, delivering something for every person on the planet. Okay, well, it's really, really hard for any organization to deliver a product, for instance, for every person on the planet. But it's a long-term goal that's very aspirational and that the organization can move towards. So a vision statement serves really like the North Star of the organization. The mission statement then gets a little bit more tactical. So this is a a mission that you have that your organization can make substantial progress towards, and it really defines more how your organization will deliver that value. So it's a little bit more granular, and it talks more specifically about the actions that the company will take to work towards the vision statement. So after the mission statement, you really want to define your organizational values. And typically, an organization will have about four to six values and these define how the organization really operates and and really what they stand for. So values like honesty, integrity, these are things that your organization is going to truly use to say, are we acting with integrity? Are we acting with honesty? And if those are things that your organization defines as your values, you cannot transgress those. So picking out the values your organization will operate by is a difficult process because you really need to go through and ask yourself the question, are these things that we can actually live by? And if the answer is no, then it's probably not a strong organizational value. And then finally, we conclude with the values and the guiding principles of an organization. These really define how your organization operates and it's really sort of the ethos of your organization. It's a challenging process to define these because what we found is you really have to work with the leadership team as defining these statements and say, do we always 100% of the time, for instance, act with integrity? Or do we always act honestly? And those can be really challenging questions for an executive team. But if the answer is that no, you can't always, then you really do need to probably redefine your values as statements that you do live into every day. Yeah, Mike, to your original point, These foundational statements are what glues the entire organization together, right? They're going to give us all that shared purpose and that shared why. And so we want to know why we're doing what we're doing. Why is that so important to our customers? And then how as an organization are we going to live into our values and guiding principles and deliver that value in a meaningful way for both our customers and for ourselves? So super important. It's definitely got to be the first step. If you're not aligned on your vision, mission, and values, it's going to be virtually impossible to get aligned on everything else, right? And so that's why it's such an important first step. Once you have them, the exciting news is now you get to move on to your customers, right? You've you've talked about your vision and your mission. Those are all about how you're delivering value to your customers. Uh But now what you want to dive into as part of your strategic plan are, are who are your customers at a more detailed level, right? So you're going to talk about customer personas, If you want some tips about customer personas, we actually have a free resource on our website 
You can go and download an example of how to make a customer persona. It's basically just how would you describe your core customers? Where do they get their information? What keeps them up at night? What are some of their challenges? You know, what are you providing in terms of values? It's those, you know, psychographic pieces of information around what they find important, what are their hobbies, what are their interests, all of the things that help you as an organization understand who they are and what's important to them. So as you get into the next part of the strategic plan, again, you're, you're able to understand, okay, how am I delivering value to my customers? So that next piece of the puzzle, kind of step two is saying, okay, now that we know we've got this vision and mission, now we need to say, okay, who are we delivering that value to? We're going to map out our customers and we're going to map out what's valuable to them. Mm-hmm. From there, the, the fun begins, right? So now we start to lay out how we're going to do that. We do that through kind of strategic imperatives and objectives. Um, so I'll turn it back to you, Mike, and you can talk through a little bit about how we go about the process of making sure the organization has that you know, traditional kind of what people usually think when they think strategic plan. How do they have those action items and those kind of imperatives and objectives to guide them? Yeah, definitely. So it all goes back to the current state analysis. That's how you define your customer persona. That's, you know, from that data, you will adjust your your guiding statements. And once you have all those and you have a really crystal clear view of who your customer is and what they value and what they want and how your organization is working to serve them, the next step is to define what we call the strategic imperatives. And the strategic imperatives are imperatives that you're saying the organization must accomplish over the next three to five years. And to Tracy's point, we've seen a trend where more organizations are using more three-year strategic plans rather than longer five-year strategic plans in order to progress the organization towards their mission or vision. So strategic imperatives are very, very customer-focused. So depending on the things that your customer values, a strategic imperative may be, we're going to serve our customer by launching a new product type or entering a new market or entering a new channel. Maybe there's a pricing decision that you can make as a strategic imperative to better serve your customer. So strategic imperatives, just think about what are the things that your customer values most and what are generally about three imperatives that your organization can focus on, on progressing the organization towards meeting those customer needs in the scope of your strategic plan. Call it three, five years. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say, I didn't mean to interrupt Mike, I just think like, There's a reason we call them imperatives, right? Because they're the three most important things that you and your organization could do, right? So I think you're right to sort of say, hey, these are the three-year time frame and these are the big items, right? Like if we do nothing else, if we're going to serve our customers the way they would, you know, find valuable, then we need Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're executing on these three things, right? So I would would agree with that and just kind of reinforce that we use the word imperative intentionally. <laughs> like it must happen. We <laughs> must do these things. Uh, these are the big bucket things that your whole organization will be working to accomplish and and putting the resources, uh, both people and dollars to accomplishing. So yeah. from that, you can think about strategic imperatives as really serving the customer. And after you nail down what those imperatives are, Now you say, okay, well, how does our organization need to function in order to deliver against those strategic imperatives? So if you think when you're flying on a plane and somebody comes on and tells you that you need to, in the event of an accident or a crash, put your own mask on first 
and then help the person that you're with. Well, in a sort of similar way, strategic objectives are about serving your company, making sure that your organization is positioned and is in a strong enough position to deliver against those imperatives. So we typically think about having usually three or four objectives. One is financial. What position does your organization need to be in financially in order to make substantial progress against the strategic imperatives? Two is from a team perspective. Who are the people that you need to have on your team in order to deliver against your strategic imperatives? And going into team is things like organizational design. Do you have things like succession plans? Are you appropriately staffed or are you understaffed? So do you have the, the team resources to deliver? Third is your operations or your processes. Do you have the right operations or processes to deliver against the objectives? And then finally, partnerships. These are similar to the people element of a strategic objective, just external. So generally, these are collaborators that your organization may be working with uh, in collaboration with to deliver value to your customer. So maybe it's suppliers, maybe it's channel partners or another external partner that your organization works with to deliver value to the customers. So that's a very brief overview of strategic imperatives and strategic objectives. Uh, Tracy, clean me up. What, what did I miss? No, I think that's a that's a great high level. Um, I think that, you know, as we speak about objectives and Mike touched on this, the, the important reason we take this extra step, a lot of organizations will take the strategic imperatives, which they call objectives, and they'll go right into KPIs, right? They'll say, okay, in order to achieve that, we need to do X, Y, and Z, and they'll do it at an individual kind of imperative level. We slot objectives in as these organizational kind of view to make sure that you're kind of thinking about all of your imperatives as a group of things that you need to achieve, right? So to Mike's previous point, if your imperatives are around launching maybe a new product, you know, maybe there's a new market that you're entering, all of those things are gonna have some sort of financial implication. So as an organization, you wanna be thinking about that pillar and how you're gonna support that foundational piece of your like, you know, your organization. And another pillar is kind of your teams. And another pillar is your operations and your processes. From there, then you get into the super fun stuff that we love, which is how do you roll this out to your team and how do you make team goals and individual goals, right? Taking those objectives and rolling them down into more KPIs, rolling them down into team and individual goals. 100%, you definitely have to do that. But a lot of folks kind of miss that middle step of saying, okay, before we go from, you know, what does the customer want and how are our teams gonna deliver that individually? We want to take that middle view of objectives and say, okay, to be successful as an organization, what do we still need to put in place? Um, yeah. So I think that was a great overview. And if you do all these things, you're ready for the final step, which is basically how do we achieve all of this, right? So first step on that is, is a lot of the work that we do is helping you roll it out to your team, making sure that, again, you have team goals, you have individual goals. And that way you're creating that line of sight we often talk about, right? So as an individual, I know what I do affects the success of my team and my team's success affects the success of the organization. And ultimately, we're all creating that exceptional experience for the customer, right? So that's where that alignment comes. The great news is in step one, when you were doing all that current state analysis and you were doing all those interviews and surveys, you were gathering feedback and you were engaging your team so now when you're rolling it out to them, they don't feel like, what? 
there's a strategic plan. What happened? And like, which is the, which is the experience we mostly have. If you're engaging them up front, this next step becomes super easy because they're like, yeah, oh yeah, we were part of that. We know what you're talking about. Um, and then you can collaborate Motivated. with them. Yeah. They, they want a hand in it because they felt like they, and they did, they didn't just feel yeah. like, but they, you know, when your team has a hand in the creation process, it's a tremendously motivating thing for them to say, man, I, I was part of shaping the strategic direction right. and they have line of sight to how their goals ladder back to the organization's goals. So, so sorry yeah. to cut you off, but I think it was a great point that you were making, Tracy. No, I think it's, I think it's, it's one that it's one that deserves extra attention, right? Because you want to make sure that your whole organization feels like they're part of the plan, because if you're all part of the plan, then you all are much more excited about getting there together. Right. And then you're going to roll it out to everybody else. Right. So you want to make sure you're updating your website and, you know, making sure that people know your new vision and mission and values. If those were updated, you want to make sure you're communicating with customers. Hey, these are the things we're committing to you, right? Like we're going to say our strategic imperatives are what we're going to be delivering in terms of values that becomes uh, super valuable as you're going through, you know, customer presentations and customer meetings, right? So there's a whole communications rollout that you'll have from your strategic plan. There's obviously some things you won't roll out publicly, mm -hmm. right? There's certain parts of your strategic plan that are private and, you know, they're proprietary information, but just to say like, Hey, where are those touch points that we can take this opportunity to circle back to all those stakeholders? and close the loop, right? We asked them for their opinion. We asked them for their feedback. Now's your chance to go back to them with whatever the relevant level of information is and say, hey, good news. We took action on what you gave us and here's how we're gonna make it so we can serve you better if you're a customer or here's how we're gonna do this if we're, gonna, if our, we're a partner, if you're a supplier. Here's how this is gonna affect kind of the improvement of our relationship. Or if it's a team member, here's how we're going to better support you in your role, right? Whatever that level of communication is. And then the part that honestly uh, is missed a lot, the last step is just making sure the last piece of communication is the metrics dashboard, right? You want to make sure that there's clear metrics and KPIs for each one of those strategic objectives, right? So if you have different goals, each one of those pillars might have two or three goals, right? So you might have two or three finance objectives, two or three, you know, team objectives but you're going to be able to put something next to them. So to Mike's previous point, you know, if, if one of your team objectives was making sure we have a succession planning for every role, great. Your goal there is hundred percent. You're going to track that throughout the year and HR is going to say, okay, now we're at 76%. Now we're at 84%, you know, and every time you check in on that, you're going to see where you track against that KPI. And that again, continuously builds your feedback loop. So the whole process kind of from start to finish is you're, you're saying, where are we today? Where do we want to go in terms of serving our customers? How are we going to get there? Strategic imperatives and objectives. And then how are we going to track to make sure we're actually on track and, and getting there? <laughs> so that's kind of a, a very quick uh, a review of strategic planning. But Mike, how, do, how does that sound to you? Are there, are there key pieces that we're missing or that you know, you know that come up often in questions that you might want to address for our listeners? Yeah, Tracy, um, I, I've got two just concluding thoughts here. One is just to, to give an overview of the structure of how we usually think about a strategic plan. And we always recommend having it on a single page. Uh, at the top of that page, you have your vision and your mission. These act as the North Stars that your organization is working to accomplish. Directly below them are the strategic imperatives. These are the things that your organization is committing to, to 
uh, to move your organization towards uh, achieving the, the mission and the vision. Then below those come your strategic objectives. And like we just talked about, these are the components of your strategic plan to make sure that your organization is well positioned to deliver against those strategic imperatives and move towards uh, the North Stars of your mission and your vision. And finally, all of these rest on your organizational values. So uh, your organization is doing everything in a way that is consistent and aligned with the organizational values that you've selected in your strategic planning process. So um, that's how we uh, recommend depicting the strategic plan. And then finally, just a, a recommendation to work with an unbiased, preferably a third party organization to help guide the strategic planning process. And the reason is really simple. Whenever any of us work for an organization, we start to develop biases and perspectives on what the organization could or should do to advance towards uh, the, the vision and mission that was selected. And in this process, it can, it can become really difficult for somebody to take themselves out of the process and put on an unbiased perspective. So it is important to work with an organization that doesn't have that same degree of bias and who's just going to faithfully report the reports that they found in the current state analysis and use that truly as the foundation that's very, very unbiased to work towards uh, the creation of the strategic planning process. So those are the last two thoughts that I had, Tracy. Uh, anything else jump to mind for you? No, I would, I would just build on that. I think that's right. And I think one of the ways, uh, I guess two tips, if you're going to do it internally, right? If you're going to run your strategic plan internally, which is totally something that a lot of organizations do, two ways. One, you can have a committee, right? Or you can have a group that's reviewing all of the data. That's one way to make sure that you're kind of keeping it uh, in an unbiased situation, right? Everybody will still have their perspective, but because you have a few folks who are looking at it from different perspectives, um, you'll still kind of get a nice, well-rounded body of information. So you might have somebody from marketing and somebody from sales and somebody from, you know, customer support, you know, that's your kind of customer group. So your customer facing teams, you'll also have IT and operations and legal and HR, you know, so you'll want to make sure that if you are kind of having a strategic plan and leading it internally, that there's a little bit more of a kind of strategic planning committee. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody's looking at it from a little bit of a different perspective, again, to kind of make sure you're getting all of those different thoughts on the table. The other thing you can do, uh, I'll, it'll be my turn this week this, uh, to give our shameless plug, Mike. Uh, Teams Global <laughs> is launching, and um, we have a course on strategic planning. So if you want some of these templates that Mike talked about and some of the tools we use, you can sign up for updates on Teams Global. We'll be uh, launching really soon, and we're excited to kind of announce that launch. So you can follow us on Facebook. There's a Teams Global group where you can actually ask us questions and get advice from other leaders. There's also, um, you know, just generally kind of signing up for updates on our website, uh, teamsandco.com. You can go uh, under the menu and there's a Teams Global tab where you can sign up for updates and we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. So, but in the meantime, if you have any questions about strategic planning, uh, again, hashtag uh, AskTeams, A-S-K-T-E-A-M-E-S, -E and we'll be happy to connect with you on social media and, and answer any of your questions. So uh, any other questions? Last thoughts, Mike? 
Yeah. Uh, before before you leave, uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast, uh, please give us a subscribe, a thumbs up, and uh, a comment. All those things really, really help us out. So uh, we'd appreciate the support and share what we're doing with your friends and family and your coworkers. If you know somebody that you think would benefit from this content, please share it and ask your friends and family to give us a, a thumbs up and a subscribe and, and a comment as well. Yeah, we love it. If, uh, if, if you want to watch us in video format, you can head over to YouTube. But yeah, the reason we do this is because we've had a lot of requests for informal content that people can access and, and new ways to think about things. So feel free to, to share our podcasts. Again, share our videos on YouTube. Um, and we're always happy to answer any questions. Just leave a comment and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, Tracy, as always, really enjoyed this conversation and uh, looking forward to the next one. Me too. I am. Uh, I'm gonna actually get a couple of couple of minutes of sunshine myself and take the take the pup for a walk this evening. And uh, hopefully great. you have a great night as well. Awesome. Sounds good. We'll see you next time, Tracy. Right. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams and Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice.